Hey everybody, it's David Rice. Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry Unmasked. I'm here as usual with... Hey, I'm Pam Maragliano-Munez. So happy to be here with you today. Hey Pam, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm so thrilled to have our guests with us. Oh my gosh, so it's like Arizona in the house. Yeah. We've got, Arizona is here. Yeah, Tom Giacobi and Gary DeWood. Welcome. Thank you. Nice, nice to, be, to here. be here. Thank you. So, Pam, tell me an Arizona story. So, all right, I guess if when, all right, so as a, a prosthodontist, as a restorative doctor, when I think about Arizona, I'd say most of my Arizona life revolved around Scottsdale. Yeah. And that's really where I met you, Gary. That's where, yes, it is for sure. And this was years ago. Even Gary got to meet like the whole team that I had to replace back in the day. So, I mean, I feel like Gary and I clicked a long time ago and I've known you for a long time. Tom, we just met a few weeks ago. That's right. So yeah. you're a new friend. So I'm so happy to have both of you here. But yeah, so my Arizona stories really revolve around Sedona and Scottsdale. Can I tell you old stories? Yeah. So Gary, you probably don't remember because you meet so many people, but mm, probably 1996 or so, I met you and Lee Brady together down in uh, Key Biscayne In Key Biscayne, area. that would have been, yes. Yeah. And cool. And it turns out that Tom and I were one year apart in Buffalo in That's dental right. school. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Small Let's go world. UB. UB. We're bringing some Buffalo up to this dance. Yeah, you know it. I love it. Cool. So, all right. Let's start with you, Gary. The elephant okay. in the room. You put out a Facebook post recently <laughs> telling the world that you have a whole new gig going. Can you share? I can. Uh, I am in private practice. Um, actually, it's, it's especially fun to be in private practice where I'm at because uh, the dentist that I am, I'm not really replacing her, but the dentist whose place I'm taking is my wife who practiced for 15 years uh, in Desert Sun Smiles with Lee Brady. She's an orthodontist. I'm not an orthodontist, uh, but when she, she actually cleaned out her desk, I moved in my stuff. <laughs> so I am now practicing with Leanne Brady, and we are back together again. We have done that actually in 2004 um, when I was the clinical director at the Pankey Institute. We hired Lee to join us, and when I left Pankey and came out west, actually I went to Seattle, but she, she followed us out. By then we were in Scottsdale. And so we have, we have been extremely close since 2004. So it's fun to be in practice together again. And I'm, I am no longer at Spear Education. Wonderful. That's Congratulations. A, <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. Now, you're with Dentaltown. You've been with Dentaltown yes. for like forever. Since the beginning of time, it seems. Yeah. I started uh, with Dentaltown. Well, I started with uh, Howard as an associate uh, two years after I moved to Arizona. And... Uh, Started with Dentaltown about two years after that. I've been a little over 20 years as the editorial director for Dentaltown Magazine and the website. And I'm loving it. And it's great to be here to talk about Dentaltown because the ADA meeting in Orlando changed my life, my dental life. I was here for none other than my honeymoon in 1996. Oh, wow. When you marry a dentist, you're married to a dentist. I mean, where Amen. do you go for your honeymoon? The ADA meeting, of course. <laughs> of course. So we got married. We had a little weekend honeymoon. And then at the end of September, this is in 96, we came out to Orlando, spent a week here vacationing. And then at the end of the week, we came over to the ADA meeting. Awesome. And I happened to be at a hotel that, you know, 
there were some issues at the hotel. I'm at the front desk having a conversation with the person at the desk. And a few feet over is Howard Fran. Now, I'd never met Howard in my life. I had seen his videos because I have an older brother that's a dentist that had introduced me to the legend of Howard. <laughs> and uh, he turned to me and he said, oh, you could use, I was having a problem with the phone in the room. He said, you could use the phone in our room. And so I said, geez, thanks very much. I really appreciate that. And I said, are you Howard Fran? And I went over and I introduced myself to him. And at the time, was, I was living in upstate New York after graduation. And my wife and I had talked about moving to Phoenix. And I knew, he, obviously, that he practiced there. So I was asking him some questions about practicing in Phoenix. And he had great things to say and kind of, you know, got me excited about that. Fast forward uh, Two years later, we moved to Arizona. I get a job working in another place. And when that uh, was changing, I reached out to his office just on a lark. And they happened to be looking for an associate. And that's when I got my job working with Howard Fran. See that? Super Bowl victories come to Disneyland. Thing, cool. yeah. Dentists come to yeah. ADA in Orlando, and good things happen. It is. It's Excellent. good things. I love that about our profession. Yeah. It is a small community. It's very small. Indeed. But uh, Howard's a great man, and uh, I'm really fortunate to have met him so many years ago. I've never met him. Oh, you should. Oh, Isn't oh that, you should. I know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. I know. Yes. I don't know him. I know who he is. I could pick, you know, on a lineup, I could pick him out, but I've yeah. never actually met him. Great guy. We need to change that. Can I, I tell I you? I met him before today's dental existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. back, back in the day. That's so, cool. Awesome man. Yeah, yeah. you got to meet him, Pam. Good, yeah. good dude. So I get, can I tell you two quick funny stories? Yeah. This is funny. Howard's going to love that we're talking about him, right? Of this course. Great. So one is, and, and this was by you, Tom. You and I were someplace, and I was coming out to Phoenix. Yeah. And you and I were, like, having dinner. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you should just go by Howard's practice tomorrow. I'm like, what you, it's like Thursday night. I mean, you want me to go over there on a Friday morning random? And, and Tom texted him. And he said, hey, I'm sending this, you know, jerk I went to school with over. Just <laughs> meet him for a few minutes. And as busy as practice life was, he stopped in the middle of the day. And yeah. we just had a great conversation, which I thought was really cool. So that's the fun Howard side. Does. And the other fun side for me is the times I've been on uh, Howard's podcast. He needles it with me. He's like, your wife, Anastasia, is the only person who's ever told me no. It won't be on the podcast. You got to get Anastasia on <laughs> the podcast. I'm like, Howard, if I could get Anastasia to say yes or no to things of yeah. my volition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not happening. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was really cool of him. That's good. Uh, and, and just like collegial to break away and take that time. Not many people do that. He's a very generous guy. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Indeed he is. Yeah. So where are we headed with education and dentistry today? I mean, you know, you're going into private practice to lead, but you, you've been a big part of continuing education and helping so many of us over the years. Gary, like, where's that going? Well, for me personally, where it's going is into offices. Um, I'm, I've already uh, had a number of people approach me, and I'll be going to their offices to work with them in their offices. As a consultant? Uh-huh. And, well, yeah, I guess. That's what they want me. They say, just come. <laughs> Watch me work and then talk to me about what you think. Oh, that's great. And I'd like to tell you what I'm after. And so, I love that. So for me, that's going to kind of turn into doing some fun time, I hope, with a number of people. And I have been doing that actually over the years anyway. 
because I find that really enjoyable. And I was advised by one of my mentors that, you know, teaching to a group is always fun. If you get an opportunity, it, it's, it's fun to, you can see immediate impact when you can be with somebody where they live and be able to, well, it's, it's sort of like, and I know that you all know this, when you're flying the plane, it's hard to tell exactly what's going on. When you walk in, somebody said to me once, you know, you walked in and you, you sort of identified all the things that I've been wondering about. And I said, it's easy to see them when you're not having to be in charge and making it run. That's right. Aren't they? When yeah. You, they're just, they're, you just see them. Yeah. yeah. And when you're that fly on the wall, where do you see the gaps most often? Is it with staff interactions with each other or is it with the it, It's almost clinical? always on efficiency of well the number one thing that i find when i go in with somebody is efficiency of how they structured their schedules yeah it's amazing to me it's the number one thing that i that i see and i i would have to i ask them so how long were you planning for this because i'll watch if people are done way early you say okay what happened there why was that so fast da, 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 stuff like it is the number one efficiency thing i have always witnessed yeah. So are you a fan of block scheduling and setting time aside for more productive procedures? I am totally a fan of block yeah. scheduling. I, I learned that in 1982 from a guy named Jim Pride, yeah. who told me to do that. He said, go home and just make the schedule you want. Right. I said, well, yeah, but that's not what's going to happen. He said, I know. But you have to make it first before you have any, ch any chance of it ever happening. That's very true. Because <laughs> right? otherwise the schedule becomes, if there's a hole... Yes. The, it gets plugged with a patient. Correct. And I had to, uh, I use block scheduling in my office all the time. I think it's yeah. fantastic. In fact, I made a rule, you know, I, I make a lot of weird rules. But one of them was I just told my front staff, I don't want more than three composite patients in a day. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's my limit. I don't want to sit and do six class two composite patients in a row. It, it's just not a fun day. You want that variety of something big, something little, something quick, something medium, because uh, it makes the day actually really run better, too, getting to the, the efficiency. And, and kind of an offshoot of that, that that I think is the second most powerful thing that I've been able to help people realize is I can't believe the number of people who don't just, they don't plan for how many new patients they want. Yeah. They think they have to get them within two weeks, so they shove them in, and I said, look, how many do you want? Put them in the schedule, which is part of block scheduling. Yeah. Don't violate that. I promise you, you will, you'll figure out a way to have people in those slots. Well, what if they have to come four weeks from now? Say, aren't I lucky? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> or say, I want more and put more blocks in. But don't. That time is powerful if you plan for it and rehearse for it. When you don't, it sends a message to those patients about yeah. what your practice is like. When, when it's planned for and those people have, well, well, actually I said this this morning when I was talking. I said, you know, I believe that the interaction with new patients is performance art. And nobody who performs for a living would ever go on stage without rehearsing. That's right. So that visit should be totally rehearsed. Everything that happens should fall within things you have planned for. Patients will realize that. They will never have experienced that before. Mm -hmm. And that's why when it's time to talk about what you discovered, they're going to talk to you about doing something. What does your week look like now? So if you're in private practice and you're, and are you traveling all over the U.S.? Are you kind of sticking to your, you know, your area? I mean, I would imagine that with your reach from, you know, the people you've interacted with with Spear, 
you've got dentists from all over the planet that are going to want you in their practice. Mm, well, that, that would be a wonderful thing for me to think. And, and But, yes, I have some people. I'm working, actually, with an office in Calgary with a group. There's a group in South Carolina that I've been working with for a couple of years of 10 offices. It's really it's an interesting little group. You know, one of the things that, that I love is that, especially when I was, you know, with, with the people who tend to come to Spear, they have this weird thing in their mouth about DSOs. And they don't understand that a DSO is just a business model. It has nothing to do with the dentistry. It's a, it's a model. And um, I'm working with a DSO. It's owned by one person at this point, although he, there are three people involved who I think will wind up being partners with him. There's 10 offices. None of those offices participate with any benefit plans. And yeah. so one of the things that as, you, as, as Matt brings in people to work with him is they really need to develop an understanding of there's a different way to deal with patients if you're not going to be participating because they're paying for it. That's now, right. In, in fairness, they're paying for it anyway. It's one of, the, one of the best things about dentistry is that it never wound up being like medicine where people expect it to be all paid for. Mm -hmm. We should be incredibly thankful that never happened because medicine is gone. It's yeah. over. You have to search and be willing to pay a lot more money for individualized care because you have, you have to. That never happened in dentistry. So we have an opportunity to have people who, are, even if they have a benefit, to be able to realize that this is the right place and I'm having this done and it's worth it. And it's not that giant thing. I mean, most of us could not afford to go for a hospital stay. I, I mean, I couldn't. Not out of pocket. You know? No. Nope. So no dentistry is different in that regard. And I, I have been very lucky. My schedule is that I've guaranteedly that somebody will be in the office Monday through Thursday, always. And my reason for that was, I said, when, I, when she asked me, actually I called her the day it all kind of hit the fan and they asked me to leave. And, I mean, I have a big mouth. I can understand why I, <laughs> I get it. Uh, the, when they asked me to leave, I called her. She's one of, I made three phone calls that day, and, and she was one of them. And she, her first thing out of her mouth after she kind of listened to what happened, we just talked, and she said, so when are you starting? Nice. <laughs> I said, actually... I called, there's a dentist here in town, and I called him last week, and I said, I'm going to be seeing you at Lee Brady's office. Uh, it's next Monday, which it was. <laughs> I had already scheduled him there. Wow. And it had nothing to do with me leaving. I just knew that's where I wanted to, to treat him. And, I love it. And she has always let me see patients there when I want to. So, um, yes, it's, I have people all over, and I will be. My plan is to always be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, no matter what. If Lee is gone out of town, I will be there on Thursday, although I'm not going to schedule patients. I'll just be there for hygiene because I have other stuff to do. And, and then on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can be available, but lots of times it's Thursday also. There's probably about, oh, maybe 20 Thursdays a year where she's not available, cause she, mostly because she's in Key Biscayne. I think a lot of dentists, not everyone, but I think there's a good chunk of dentists, especially new dentists, that think that leaving clinical practice for being an editor or being an educator or something else is the holy grail, you know, like getting yeah. out of clinical. But it sounds to me, and I feel, that keeping your hands in it will always keep you more relevant and it will always be something you'll always have. And it, would you say that practicing this whole... Because you yeah. could have easily stepped away from practice for a long time, right? Yes. 
And that would have been a huge detriment, wouldn't it? I think it, yes. Yeah. And I will tell you, <laughs> this is my, my youngest daughter is a dentist, and we were just talking about stuff like that. And she said, so, so did you want to leave? And I said, you know what? I'll just, let me say it this way. On January 1st, 2023, I, I always write out, so what do you want to do this year? What stuff do you want to do? And one of the things I wrote was, I miss being with patients. I am going to increase the amount of time I have to see patients. And then, so we were just talking about it. I, I showed her that. I pulled it out and I said, here, see what I wrote right here? And she read that and she said, I said, you got to be really careful what you wish for. <laughs> because you sort of figure out a way to make it happen. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That is true. So, yes, I think that I missed it and I wanted to go do it. I'm glad that I never stopped. But I was feeling like, I mean, it had been years since I really was in a practice, like working. Yeah. It was nothing like that. I was seeing selected patients once in a while when I wanted to and when it would fit around what we were doing at Spear. And I still enjoyed it, but I realized I really did not want to have that be the end of my career. Yeah. I wanted to go, I wanted to just be in a dental practice because I got so much out of that. I think it's I think fun. it's fantastic, yeah. Same. I mean, I think Liam Neeson said it best when he said, I have a unique set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> because being a dentist, I mean, a lot of this other stuff, a lot of people can do. But, but doing dentistry is still, um, it's a very special thing to be able to do and to be, to be able to provide for people. Even if you're at the age of retirement and you're going to volunteer somewhere. I mean, to just be Amen. able to share that gift with people. Uh, is special, so you should never let those skills get rusty. Speaking of special skills, yeah, you're the editorial director for Dental Town, which has been kind of notorious for having a very spirited message board. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like you've got to be a master at wrangling cats a little bit. You know, a, a little bit. I think the there's a couple things about Dental Town. I mean, it's it's sometimes misunderstood i think sometimes you know misconstrued by people that hear things second and third hand but don't actually experience it we made a conscious decision early on to allow members to be anonymous on the message boards and howard had a very good reason for that whenever he was out lecturing and he would lecture every weekend of the year somewhere in the country lecture finishes his talk it's lunchtime Ten people walk up to the front table and say, i got a question for you I want to ask you something. Because they were afraid to ask, raise their hand and ask their dumb question. And they're not dumb questions, but that's what they felt like. They were afraid to ask that in front of the group. And our, our early on, our, our tagline was, we're no dentist practices solo again. Because for, for many years, and it's still true today, the majority of dentists are practicing alone or in very small groups. And so the ability to go online and ask any question, share a success, share a failure, share an office controversy that you're looking for guidance on, to do that without, uh, without attaching it to your name is very powerful. Now with that brings some chaos too, because we know on X, formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> and platforms of that sort, People that are allowed to be anonymous can also be obnoxious. So many years ago, we uh, developed a moderation team, and we really clamped down with the simple premise that this is Howard's house, you're a guest in his house, and as a guest, you will behave appropriately. 
And so our moderation team uh, has done a great job at uh, reining that in. With that said, are there still you know, outliers here and there? There are, but we have a lot of mechanisms in place now for people to report a post, and, and we have moderators that are watching all these conversations. So uh, we've really solved that. We still have people that have that debate. Oh, why is everybody anonymous? Anybody that wants to be known can be known. So we have many members on there that use their real name because they are speakers and they're out there doing CE and they want people to see the great work they're doing and, and learn more about them. In fact, we've had a countless number that have launched their careers on Dentaltown by just being involved, yep. answering questions, sharing cases. I mean, Samir Puri is a good example. He's over at the Scottsdale Center for many years. His partner in the townie meeting was Tarun Agarwal, who's out in North Carolina. And yep. he does uh, a lot of education around implants and planning. Um, but John Nosti is another guy, fantastic yeah. educator, who yep. did a ton on Dentaltown and taught with Leanne. Uh, so, yes, it can be a, a little bit of a challenge when you're dealing in that environment. But it's a place where people can be honest and probably more open than they might be on the other platforms. Because we know dentistry is talked about in Facebook groups and Instagram groups and you know all of these other places. But on those platforms, it ends up being more of a leader follower. So you'll have someone's, you know, Dr. XYZ's Facebook group and the disciples of Dr. XYZ. And there's interaction, but it's sort of mentor mentee on dental town everybody's profile looks the same everybody's on the same level there are some people yep. that are sharing beautiful work there are many people on any social media platform that are only there to read and consume uh, that don't contribute even comments they just want to learn and then there's people that are sort of yep. in between they might ask a question but they're not going to post 10 photos of a big case but you'll also see Somebody get on there and they share a case and say, I did my first implant today. What do you think? Pretty brave. Very brave. Because you know they didn't do right. it perfectly. And so people will get on there and say, well, did you think about this? You could have used a bigger implant, whatever. And, and what a great way to, to learn. I mean, what a great way awesome. for people to it, share. It, you know, for, for all those from a perspective who remember the yesteryear yeah. of the Wild West days. The Wild West days. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a community. Yeah. And um, we need more community in dentistry than yeah. us pushing against one another. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. With both of you being leaders of a community, mm -hmm. you've probably seen the good, the bad, the ugly, all the things. What advice would you give to, say, a new business owner or a young dentist that's trying to just get into it because I think there's a lot of I mean gosh you can go down a really bad rabbit hole on Facebook you can mm -hmm. feel really bad about yourself on Instagram and I think that you guys have seen it all you've kind of done it all but people are trying to get out there and you know make their mark in their own practice and be successful I think that's you know for Dentaltown I think that's one of the places where it's a great resource because depending on whatever phase of your career you're in you can go in and search for conversations around that. I'm thinking about joining a DSO. I want to open a brand new practice. I'm selling my practice. I'm bringing on an associate. Take any stage of your dental career life 
and you can go in there and just start to read some conversations. You don't even have to participate. Just read and learn. And one of the things people will always say about any, any kind of social media, well, there's misinformation or there's, you know, there's incorrect facts. You know, that's going to be true with anything. In fact, I was in a lecture today, and the speaker said he was at another um, CE event, another dental meeting, where a different speaker had given poor information on his subject matter. So you can get bad information anywhere. But what you'll find with the volume of people that are on Dental Town at any given time, 24 hours a day, somebody's going to get on and correct that or sharpen that point. But I think the advice I would give would be to start reading first, and then you, and then you reach out to your real-world friends. You know, again, depending on where you are or what kind of community. You might be new in town, and maybe you don't know any other dentists. But uh, you, you've got to have mentors. You've got to have other people you can lean on. Totally agree with that. That that's what you, what you can just go and I guess it would be like walking out and asking people that you knew because it sort of is like that. I haven't met yeah. these people, but I know who they are. Yeah. Whatever it is, and go and read what's being said, and then I always say you're going to hear their experience of it. And it you know misinformation is a neat term. Yeah. It's only misinformation if it turns out to be wrong from my point of view. I'm going to say most of the time, I think when people are saying something from their point of view, that's what they believe. That's, that's right. where it yeah. came from for them. So their experience of that was this. And what you will learn is what they thought of that. But don't take only one of those, especially if somehow it's right. counter to what you're after. Go and listen to what other people have experienced. And I think I agree yeah. totally. Having yeah. a place to do that is powerful. Just to go and read it, and then eventually you post your own thing. Like you That's said, right. just say, yeah. here's what I'm thinking of doing. You'll get a lot of advice. Yeah, and again, you take it or leave it. Some of it's going to be good listen. advice. Some, it'll Some be, of it will be great. Some of it will be Some things, oh, I wouldn't do that. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's the power of the community. Yeah. Is everybody doesn't have to agree in the community. I mean, well, this certainly doesn't, isn't reflected by society at large. Right. But why don't we just get along and say it's okay if we don't agree on the same thing? Yes. Yeah, very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, the occlusion forums on Dentaltown will never all be swimming in the same direction. Never. We know that. Of course not. <laughs> Part of the fun. Well... So, Tom, obviously, Dentaltown, we know how to reach Dentaltown, but yeah. for people listening here, is there another location you want them to reach out to you, or would you like them to reach out to you there? If anybody wants to reach me directly, uh, my email is the easiest, tom at dentaltown.com. Awesome. I would say send me an email, and I'll get back to you. I love it. And, Gary, you're doing really cool new things. What's the best way for people to reach out so to you? The easiest way to find me is at my new email. It's my name, Gary M, one R, so G-A-R-Y-M-D-E-W-O-O-D, Gary M, do it, at AOL.com. And if your first reaction was dinosaur, I'm going to change your paradigm. You have to learn to think pioneer. Yes. Ah. <laughs> pioneer, I agree. That's good. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, it's been amazing having you here. Pam, I always hate when we get to this bottom of this time it's crazy i know parting is such sweet sorrow i know yeah. it's hard the time flies by so quickly and it's been a pleasure to have both of you thank here with you, us thanks, pleasure David. and a privilege yeah. thanks to you both thank you we have a small gift for you oh geez. oh how nice thank, thank you very much thank you oh, an air tag okay thank an you air tag. i don't have one of these this is so you can find me if you have any other follow-up questions I you mean, want to ask just in case you get lost tom at dentaltown.com is too hard for me yeah, so i'm right. just going to track you myself so. <laughs> <laughs> 
you can't escape us, Tom. That's right. No. You can't. Okay. No. Thank you both for being here. Really, appreciate, you. really appreciate your, it. your time. And, and really bigger than that, I think, what you bring to dentistry every day. It's, it's impressive. It's inspiring. And truthfully, thank you. thanks for hanging out with us. Well, thank you guys for making it possible. Yeah. That's great. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks. All right, Pam. Dentistry unmasked. Till next week. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Maragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.